Well, like the song says, it's beginning to look a lot like Advent. Right. No, Christmas is down the road. It's beginning to look a lot like Advent. Very important that we take this time, this precious time in the season of preparation to focus upon joy. Now, 2,000 years ago, when Luke's gospel was being written, this was not a joyful time. In the outward manifestation of what was happening. Just listening to this gospel reading, we know historically that these early Jews for Jesus were now being persecuted. This is being written some, oh, 50, 100 years after the life and death of Jesus. And many significant events have taken place. The most significant of them is the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem by the Romans in the year 70 AD. The Romans had had it with the Jews at that time. They were not paying the taxes, there were revolutions, and they said, we'll destroy what is very precious and dear to the Jews, and they did. It took them 40 years to build that temple, and it took only a day or two to destroy it. So here are these Jews wandering again, wondering, oh my God, we've lost the temple. We've lost the Ark of the Covenant, and we've lost our priesthood. Many of us don't recall the fact that Judaism had a priesthood, and the temple was the place where the priests would offer the sacrifice. And so with the destruction of the temple, by the end of that first century, basically the priesthood of Judaism dies. So then you have all sorts of events happening with persecutions. In fact, 300 years of persecutions by the Romans against these Jews for Jesus. The word Christian does not come on the scene until the year 313, when Constantine establishes the Holy Roman Empire and legitimizes Christianity as a religion for the empire. So this is a very difficult time, not a joyful time, not a joyful time at all. Just listen to what, again, Luke is saying. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Nations on earth will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. At the same time, we have all sorts of hurricanes and tsunamis taking place. And of course, Mount Vesuvius erupts and destroys the southern part of Naples. So there's a lot going on historically behind this gospel. And we say, okay, that was then, this is now, but we have our own anxieties of life. We have our own tribulations we're going through. Just one among so many. Here we thought, okay, we're getting some kind of handle on this pandemic, and then we're reading about a new variant. This is amazing. This causes anxiety in life for a lot of people. It's not necessarily a happy time. We say happy holidays and happy Thanksgiving, and I'm no curmudgeon, but I want to 
make a distinction now between happiness and joy. Because this is a season of joy. As Catholics, we believe that we are truly happy when we behold the face of Jesus in the next life, in the resurrection of the dead. Our true happiness, the beato, beatitude, that the beatitude of seeing Jesus face to face is happiness. In the meantime, we're realistic. In fact, we're more realistic than most people. We accept with a kind of benign resignation to God's providence in this passing world that we can stand amidst all the anxieties of life, recognize them, go through them, suffer them, but keep our joy. Like the Christmas carol says, joy to the world, not happiness to the world. See, the culture would always like you to believe and it will seduce you into thinking that you can be happy. Happy, happy, happy. Why, because in that culture, if you're happy, who needs God, right? If you're happy, who needs the divine? Who needs to rely upon the transcendent, the mysteries of life? It's all about control. I'm happy, I've got everything. What more do I need, what more do I want? No, no, the secular culture would like to seduce you into thinking you can be happy in this world. Now, you can be joyful, but that's not happiness. Joy is a stable virtue of the soul that says, I can stand strong before all of that junk out there, and there's a lot, even before sin, and I can keep myself together. I can find that inner peace, I can find that inner strength, that courage, that perseverance, that patience. I may not be happy, but I can be joyful. And I think that's what got the early church through those tribulations. And I think that's what will get us through our tribulations as individuals, as a society, as a church. See, I think when you go back 2,000 years ago and really study the history of what was going on, you can imagine this was not a happy, happy people. But they kept their joy. Now, how do they find that? How do they really find joy in the midst of persecutions, in the midst of so much hatred, the fact that they had no power, no prestige, no position in society, they had no army, they had nothing. What kept them going? And why do sociologists continue to tell us that the Catholic Church is probably the only institution known universally that lasted so long? I mean, give it 100 years, maybe 200 years of persecution without any resources to defend itself, it should have died out a long time ago. It should have died out even with the barbarians. But it survived and flourished and grew and continues to be a growing community of faith in the world. Despite what you may read in the press, the Catholic Church has so many people joining its ranks every day around the world, Asia, Africa in particular right now, huge numbers. And we see our own here at St. Anne's. Last year, 18 came into the church. That's remarkable for a relatively small parish. This year we have about 12. And they're discerning, and they're coming, and they're coming from different walks of life. And why? 
because then people could keep their joy in the resurrection. See, this was the most incredible event that converted Jews for Jesus, the resurrection of the body, which is why during persecutions, they could stand before the Caesars and before all the judges of the world and say, you know what? Make my day. Really? See, the, 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 the religious culture 2,000 years ago is so different from ours. There was God and man. And the whole point was to get through the world and return to God. And with the resurrection of the body, this gave them an incredible power, an invisible power of faith. And that's what kept their joy. It's why they grew. They continue to grow in vast numbers. It must have really startled the Romans. How could this band of silly people with this belief in this funny man, Jesus, with all of his nice wisdom sayings of love and forgiveness, what is it about them? So friends, we're standing on the shoulders of two millennia of incredible faith, hope, joy. And that should sustain us in trying times. You know, when people say happy holidays and happy, 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 remind them, no, you know, I'm not happy. What? What's wrong with you? You should be happy. No, no I'm going to leave that one for heaven. I'm joyful. I'm not in denial that there are problems and big problems that are going on in my life, my family, my school, my church, my community, my country, the world. My God, there is a whole list of that. But on the other hand, I can stand strong before all that with this inner core of joy, knowing that Christ the Lord is in control and not only now, but promises me that pledge and promise of life eternal in the resurrection of my body. If that really sinks in, I'm telling you, you can find that inner strength, that core belief, that all will be well if I accord my will with his. So joyful holidays, everyone. Indeed, joyful holy days, everyone.